Hi, Editor Dalen here. Um, a couple times through this episode, you're going to hear my voice at this quality interspersed. Uh, when I was editing this episode, there were some pretty bad audio issues, I think, just with Zencaster and all of that. So when I was editing, I went back in and fixed it up. So sorry in advance if randomly you just hear beautiful crystal clear audio. And also didn't know how to end part one effectively. So enjoy the second episode. So this is my question for the group, uh, Ali, Gus, and Eric. With Wheel of Time and going through this series, have you guys found that you have found your top five, your sort of ride-or-die characters that you will always defend? Uh, kind of go through the group. I'll start off. Uh, top pick is... Grand, Egwene, Nynaeve, Matt. Moraine, I will defend until I die. I will, okay. I will absolutely fight for my queen, Moraine. Um, I, beyond that, I think it's, it's complicated. <laughs> um, because I think all of the two Rivers kids and Elaine and Min... I'm like, they're traumatized children, but also I want to smack them. So it's a little bit of like the teacher in me feels the chaos of this classroom. And that's why I will always defend Maureen. But the like human in me who has been that age before cannot imagine, well, can imagine, but um, empathizes with having to deal with um, trauma and circumstances beyond your control. Um and how uh, how tough that is. So I will theoretically defend them while also shitting on them at the same time. Like, but other people can't shit on them. It's just me that's allowed. Because, um, you know, if someone else came to me and went, Rand is like an idiot, I'd be like, hey, listen, <laughs> he's doing his damn best. Um, so I guess I'd lump them in together. Lamb, love him. Well, absolutely, he is king. I love him to death. Tom, who doesn't love a mustachioed bard with knives? Absolutely. Adore. Um, and those are my big, like, I, I'm going to lump the children together because to me, I feel a similar relationship with all of them. But do you feel a certain, do you feel any of the Emmonsfield Five comes to a head? Where I'm like... This oh is my, my baby. Yes, sweetie. Yes, hunty. I don't know if it's a yes, hunty, as so much as it's like these are my these are my children, and I I, I identify a lot with Moraine as a former teacher, um, and so I'm like the like Matt would be my trouble troublemaker kid who like pissed me off every day, but I would secretly love you know like. Egwene's the try-hard kid who's, like, a little exhausting, but you at the same time respect the game. Nine's the kid you can't get them to do anything, but when you have that breakthrough with them, it's, like, the best day of your life. Uh, Rand's that kid where you just want to give him a hug because you know home is tough, you know? But at the same time, they bring a lot of shitty energy into your classroom sometimes. <laughs> and then um, parents like that sweet baby that's like very quiet so you don't really know a lot about them throughout the entire school year but at the same yeah. time they'll like bring you the best gifts on like teacher day eric who are your top five top five like so just so i'm 
understanding like we'll defend I guess this is your these are your people you will defend no matter what they do. Uh Damadrid, Simrog, Samael. Fuck up. They are so right. They are so right. You know what? I will defend Masana. I will defend Masana as a former teacher. I will defend Masana. I get it. <laughs> I think I think my top two are Moraine and Swan. Like they 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 Yeah. I Swan's up there for me. Yeah, I didn't get it up until that point, but now it's like, oh, okay, you guys had a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Uh, Land, because like I think he's got the most integrity out of everyone. Like he just understands his role and his duty and takes that very seriously. Uh, Egwene, after that. Because I think she's the one that's gone after her destiny the hardest. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Uh, Moraine, Swan, Land, Egwene. Okay. And I think Rand, because like just being a like like a product of, of situation and circumstance, and he's doing the best he can. He's doing his damn best. His damn best. So Gus, who is your top five? So I I am finding myself with an enormous wellspring of sympathy for Rand that I didn't have my first time. Uh, I, I, I just want to give him a hug. He's a baby. I, I like, I, I, he's, he has got the weight of the world on his shoulders and I want to give him a cup of tea. Something about, maybe something about the past couple of years have made yeah. us feel a little more empathetic Perhaps. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Nynaeve. Nynaeve, yeah. Nynaeve. Nynaeve She's uh, up there. All day. Nynaeve all day. Needs uh, all... Here's the thing. She she has got serious anger management issues. She hits people all the time. Yeah. She's like, I should not be fully in support of everything she does. But we yeah, got to yeah. channel that rage into something else. You know, like, like you should not across. be punching people when they <laughs> piss you off. That's a bad look. But yeah. I don't really care because I love her. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's where I'm at with her. Um, at this point in the books, book six, I think I think Elaine is top notch. Yeah. The girl is is putting in work. Gus loves Elaine. I also like Elaine, but I think because we think Elaine is really funny. Because when Elaine gets drunk, I want to hang out with Elaine. The one cup of wine. Right. Like Elaine is the girl you bring to drag brunch. And she's so messy. She's so messy. When she goes, wait, what was what was the line that she said that it's freaking killed me? Caroline's not my mother after all. <laughs> Tom's a bard. <laughs> which which brings right. me. Can, can I throw one? Can I throw one more out there? Throw one more out there for for right here, right now. Book six prologue. Caroline has done. One thing wrong. One thing wrong. And nothing else. And I am appalled at this point with the Barrelane slander. Yeah. The way the and other women so talk about her is fucking problematic with a capital P. I'm <laughs> yes. over it. I'm over the slut shaming. It makes me fucking mad. Anyway. Can't 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 a woman just be have boobs? Like can't can't she just live? Heaven forfend, you have a breast. Oh my god. Yeah. And that's blood shaming that Robert Jordan does, especially in uh, Fires of Heaven with uh, Brigitte and Nynaeve. It's like, 
Have you met a woman? Have you talked to a woman outside your life? You, you looked right at me when you asked that, and I was about to be like, <laughs> I've met a few. <laughs> um, so I think getting us back into the prologue, I, yeah. think, I think we've covered every faction. Perrin and Fayil are, you know, they got some relationship stuff to figure yes. out, but I think if we're talking plot and not character, so Perrin is leaving. Perrin's leaving. He yeah. tried to juke Fail into staying. She correctly said, bullshit, I'm coming with you. Also, he is displaying an immense amount of weaponized incompetence in my viewpoint in this chapter. Um, meaning that he is sort of going like, oh, I'm just not good at it, babe. You have to do it. About all of this ruling stuff, which I fucking hate. Um, I'm going to be on his butt about that. And then all those women are asking Faya when she's going to get pregnant. And I'm like, uh, none of your fucking business is when. Because when you ask a woman when she's getting pregnant, it's just like, um, so how often is your husband nutting in you? And I'm like, that is completely inappropriate as a question. Because he's nutting in gall. <laughs> established. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm over that. Um, you think uh, gall is top of the bottom? Verse. Verse. Yeah, they're, they're verse. Okay. The rare Look, look, I feel like if you walk up to someone else and goes, and go, let me restate that shit because I'm drunk. Cut that. If you walk up to someone else and you go, the elected dance, that's some top <gasps> shot, right? Because, like, <laughs> Jordan says, I am Islamic, so every time I read some Ayel shit, I have to do it in, the, in that accent. Do you like to dance better than I bother? This might be a question for Dalen and Gus, because uh, this might be a little bit more like far-reaching the series and kind of like what the series means to the whole outside of this universe. Yeah. Do you think that Tavirin kind of translates into there are some people that are the face of an operation, but behind that you have so many people actually working that you never see? Yes. Because I didn't realize it until this prologue, but Perrin is the face of the two rivers, but Fayil is running the show. Yeah. Yeah. Like a president and their cabinet would. Yeah. Um, I think that's a that's a very good that's a very good read. Yeah, I I think that Fayil has the skills, but Perrin has shown himself also to be a perfectly capable leader and running the two rivers all by yourself is kind of a difficult thing. I think that he owes Fayil at least a solid effort. And I think he is would rather go hang out in the stables with the stable boys. And that is, yeah. to me, not a cute look in a husband. Does, does he kind of suffer? Because I think she points out that, like, she tried to make servants out of these people, but he grew yeah. up with these people. He feels awkward. I completely understand that dynamic that he feels awkward. No, I think it's common. Yeah, I think I think Fayil's pushing a little bit too hard, but but the parent, I think, there are a few elements in book six where we see characters who were at a point. And then if, if my hands from the left of the screen to the right of the screen are their overall arc, Robert Jordan had them most of the way here with the anticipation that the story was going to end. And then he went, mm, no, I'm, I, I have more shit. And he pulled back. And you can justify that in world to a certain extent. There is also an extent to which he does not go to that effort to make that justification. 
And instead, we as readers just have to go, oh, he realized there's more books. So <laughs> that's fine, by the way. That's not a criticism. Yeah. But We're barely a third of the way through this whole series, I mean. Yeah, he, yeah. he takes Perrin, who is, who is confidently leading a region, and he goes like, but he really just wants to like smoke and play poker with his buddies and not go to court. And that's it. And I'm like, this, why, 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 why did he, why? Because he was, he was happily leading an army. He had accepted that the losses and the, the gains, of, why? Yeah. Uh, it's so easy for someone like Perrin to accept the role of leadership in a time of war. Mm. And then when you're in a time of peace, go, well, what yeah. But the thing is, we're not in a time of peace. It's the last battle. But, but sis, parent, but the two bloopers <laughs> is evolving at that time. Well, isn't yeah. that like more like a bit of support of Gus's argument? Because that's just it. Like the two rivers has never experienced this type of like growth or this type right. of like. Well, we are experiencing. Different... We are experiencing the rebirth of Manatharin. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't think like, I think parent thinks. Oh, we're Manetheran, it's done. Mm-hmm. I don't think parent understands legal obligations of mm-hmm. becoming an independent nation. I don't think he knows what exactly he's doing, you know? I, I agree with that. I, I don't disagree that he's not necessarily prepared to lead a, 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 a the rebirth of an empire, but I do think the idea that he shrugs off and neglects yes. what has been handed to him and and just shoves that burden on his wife does not reflect the parent that that grew. I, I think it is a disservice to the growth that he had in book four that he has all of a sudden, off camera, said, like, you know what, actually, yeah. fuck it. I don't, like, these are my friends. This isn't how this... When you and watch become, them die. And become completely unaware of the burden of not, that that puts on his wife. Yeah. There's a difference between apathetic and reluctance. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I get... I do understand and empathize with the reluctance. I do think that, you know lovingly respectfully who the fuck cares get over it your wife is having to pick up all of your slack and i guess maybe that's just triggering as a woman in the world (laughs) yeah and so yeah um but we also really quickly because that's all kind of i have to say about fayil's stuff but we also skipped one of what i believe is to be the most iconic moments of the chapter where galena and katarina kind of reveal that Elida was kind of like, would it be terrible if Gawain and the younglings died? Like, maybe yeah. no. <laughs> I, I That's later. I'm sorry. Savana, like, That's also awesome. later. Oh, well, we want to transition it, into it that. It goes Damon Dredd, Nine, Elaine, Fayil, Gawain. We already talked about him, though. So let's go to Katarina and yeah. Elena, unless we have more to say about Fayil. I, I, I'm good. I think, like, She's doing the best she can as someone who doesn't understand the Two Rivers way of mind. Yeah. And I just feel like it would be a lot easier for her to understand the Two Rivers way of life if her husband helped at all. Savannah and Galena, because my fucking god, 
Are we playing into stereotypes by saying, by saying all red Asha or black Asha? Yui. Um, we get, I got the names up here. I mean, the head of the black, uh, uh, the head of the red Aja is the black Aja. We mentioned before that there are a <laughs> couple of Aes Sedai whose names we don't have to remember. This chapter, we get Katarina, Koyarin, Arian, Nisuna, Galena, and one other Aes Sedai. Okay, so I remember Galena. Yeah. And that so is it. I'm wondering of the first time readers. We've set up Elida has a plan for Rand. What do you think this book ending is going to be that plan for Rand? Do you think that uh, maybe the embassy will reach Rand? Of the, I'm curious, because especially Savannah of the Shida Lail is there. I'm curious to know what you two think is the end game of Lord of Chaos. I kind of think we can talk about Savannah and Katarina together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um... Because they, I, I feel like, have a lot of overlap. Um, so Savannah's got this, let me just double check if that's true. Yes. That has got this weird-ass box that got handed to her. And, of course, um, then I got to do... A guy handed her a little box and said, hit this button. And, uh, and we don't know what it does. And, of course, then I've got to yell, what is, what's in the box? Like, seven. You got it. Um, but, you know, she's got this weird-ass box... Meanwhile, Elida has a plan of her own. Savannah clearly wants Bran dead. Um, I mean, I guess there he did kill your husband. Or I guess that was Matt, really. But um, but when you do clownery, the clown comes back to. Play. I know. I, I'm not a fan of Savannah's, but I am like, okay, I guess I get the I get the motivation, but. I'm not a fan of this box. I'm concerned. I don't know who gave it to her. I feel like it might be a Forsaken or Pat and Fane. Those are my two like key suspects. Yeah. Um, it can't be good, whatever it is. But with Katarina, Elida, I feel like she's just sending this group of of Aes Sedai potentially to like go chat with Rain because we heard about that at the end of the last book, when Aviarin wrote that weird letter, she's like, oh, some Aes Sedai are going to come. And I'm like, and, and escort you back to the tower. And I go, Rand's not going to go, you dumb, dumb, dumb lady. <laughs> um, but I'm like, I guess if she sends enough of them, they could theoretically nab him and take him back. Like, what's the, the number is, like, 13, right? 13. So, like, how big is this convoy? Yeah. I mean, there's already a billion Aes Sedai that are mentioned. One, two, three, four, five, six mm-hmm. Aes Sedai that are mentioned. And Gowan. Gowan's dumb fucking ass. But Gowan wants Rand fucking dead because oh, the mill told him to. You don't ask me, in. <laughs> I heard once, but don't trust me that you're just gonna kill your man, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so those are kind of my thoughts on that. Uh, just nothing good. What do you think, Eric? Uh, specifically about like Lydas plan? Yeah. Well, specifically, we've covered. We've what do you think the Lydas plan and Savannah's plans are? Oh, man. I mean, I think like ultimately. Ultimately, I think it's to gentle Rand. Mm. Yeah. I think I think that's still very much in the. I don't. 
Although I'm having a hard time, like, finding, like, why it would be, like, to justify that. But I just feel like that's just an element of this story overall that's going to happen. Brandon will be gentle, but somehow. Yeah. Do you think Egwene will play a certain part in that? Because yeah, well, that's one of my predictions. Egwene will, will be the one to gentle Well, Brandon. do you think, like, Really? There's a, there's a viewing yeah. for that. Egwene becoming Elmerlin's seat of the Rebel Ice mm-hmm. Guy. Maybe her first act as Rebel Armorlin Seat is to steal this false dragon. I think it's in the in the flickers. Um Rancies that happen in the flickers. Yeah. I could see that being a conversation. I couldn't see her going through with it. Hmm. I think Rand's gonna die Ooh, at man. one point. I think he's gonna die at one point and come back like Jesus. Or Harry Potter, but we hate J.K. Fuck J.K. Rowling. Fuck J. Or Aslan from yeah. like the C.S. Lewis language hey, wardrobe. He works on his palms. He's you know something kind of reincarnated. He's very Jesusy to me. Yeah, he's very Jesusy to me. So I I do think, and they talk about death a lot. When they talk about Randall, like to no, that's Matt to die and live and live again. A part of what what yeah, you know. I've, uh, but, I've specifically stayed away from Robert Jordan's personal life in all aspects as much as I could while reading this because I don't want any insight from where he's coming from. I just know he's a Southern boy with a lot of thoughts on the Vietnam War. Yeah, which I think do translate this book. And I, I just as a straight thought, if I may, I think there is a really nice aspect of this series of it's not just like look at this badass that can throw fireballs it is literally like how awesome and great and terrifying this power is yeah i really really like that so um i think elida's overall plan like it's, it's hard because like the dark one employs so many dark agents yeah it's hard to know whose plan overlaps with who and like he's playing like 3d chess yeah yeah not it's not it's not five hundred agents at the same goal. It is literally like these ones are meant to fail to create a domino effect of this happening. Well, well let me go if if my theory is correct and Masana's at the White Tower, mm-hmm. is this Elida's plan or does Elida think this is her plan? I would love for the Aes Sedai to be manipulated because they are manipulators and I yeah. I, I love some of the Aes Sedai, but them as like an organization I kinda hate. Yeah. I think Masada's manipulating them personally, but I would kind of love that um, because she was building that little white tower, and I was just kind of like, is that a metaphor? One thing I do have that, like, as a specific detail, I do believe and do think is correct, and I'll read and find out. Yeah. I do believe that box that was handed off is a stasis box. What is a stasis box? It was like briefly mentioned at the end of the Forsaken of like, if only we had this tool, but I think uh, 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 has a bit of a, you know, they've been lost to the oceans and the mountains in like other ages. There's no way we're getting them back. And I think this is like a more far reaching prediction thought. I think we're going to start fucking with time a lot more. And I think there's something about like things from past ages showing up in this age, showing up from the beginning at the end and, and kind of, creating that full circle, you know, pattern thing. Yeah. I, I think, I, that, that's like well, broad strokes like, of what I think is going on. Well, I mean, oh. uh, demands are going outside of time and straight on, and straight on mm-hmm. 
Who knows what's fucking possible? I mean, it's autumn, it's summer and autumn. That's the other thing, like, the season's being so fucked up. I thought it was just the, the dark one doing that, but, but the, the time of that, the time fluctuation being so fucked up. Yeah. That is so... Sorry, I was typing no, and she was, something that she, she knows that we Oh, gotcha, gotcha. He was so. just telling me, so yeah, he, that's when he's typing. He's like telling me, like, don't tell me about this, tell me about this. Oh, um, passport shots. There's probably like, no, I, I had not thought of that for some reason, and now I'm on board 100% with that theory. <laughs> I don't know what a stasis box does, but whatever it does, like, in the name. well, I think it like keeps. Yeah. Like it, like it could be a way of imprisoning. It's a time capsule. Rand, right? It could like. Yeah. Fl- it's a like, time capsule. Yeah. Like in dialogue, there's like no context about it. They're like, I think the Forsaken are talking about like, if only we had one in Demetrius is like, ah, but we'll, we'll never like in his thoughts. But like, who do you think? Do you think? Do you think Demetrius the one who will maybe capture Rand in Stasis Box? No, I think I think again these are like broad strokes. These are like big, tiny, whiny predictions. I think it's like Rand. Do you watch Doctor Who? I do. You do. Okay, sorry. I had a tiny whiny, and I was like, um, excuse. Um, yeah, but I mean, Savannah specifically said a man gave it to her. There's not that many male Forsaken left alive, right? It's Samayan Grendel. I mean, not Samayan Damon Dread at this point, right? Luz Theron? I think it's Rand as Luz Theron. Like, Rand relives the life himself and understands that Luz Theron is him in the past, saves, like, a past artifact that he somehow transports to his modern time. To say, I don't know. This, again, these Well, are like, I mean, again, I mean, there's nothing to discredit that because we've seen in Telebrandriad there's an ability to bring what is in the world of dreams into reality. Oh yeah, maybe the dream because I'm well, like very much like Mogenian. Nani sure. brings Mogenian into the waking world and goes, "Hey, bitch, guess what? You're now you got I, that dog on you." Yeah, that. that could be. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I like the idea of the stasis box. That's, I'm now I'm gonna go into our e-book copy and book for stasis box with Gus's permission because I'm sure I can't I'm a nerd where it's like oh you're talking about the elder wand like the wand above all else but like what's that like or like oh this is Luke's lightsaber like what like the item the item like it's a MacGuffin for sure and and whether it becomes like a big thing or just kind of a small thing yeah things that happens I have no idea but as soon as they brought it up it's it's one of those things yeah this has never happened before. Guys, go back. Go back. It says, if you want to count on finding something by chance, do so. I will not, unless someone knows the location of a stasis box. Masanda says this. There was a certain dryness to that last. The stasis boxes should have survived the breaking of the world, but that upheaval had likely as not left them on the bottom of the ocean or buried beneath the mountains. Little remained of the world they had known beyond a few names. Legends. Eric! Excellently done. I think that's what it is. So, who do you, Ali, Eric, do you think gave Savannah the stasis, stasis box? If that's what we're calling that item. Exactly. I'm going Damon Dredd or Samuel. Okay, Eric? Oh, that'd be so cool if it was a Forsaken, like, stabbing the Dark One in the back. I think it's Rand. I think it's Rand somehow. 
Okay. I think it's Samael only because he wasn't part of the Damon Dread conversation. Yeah, that's my question for the first time readers is do you think the um the exclusion of Samael is going to turn into something else? Yes. Are you Samael siding with Rand? Well, I think it's interesting because it feels like the Forsaken are already in factions at this point. Like we right. saw we saw uh Robin and um Lanfear and uh Grendel willing to talk and Samael all willing to talk. And then we've seen Damon Dread, Samarog, and Masana all willing to talk. Um and Grendel. So Grendel's kind of a go between between what seems like these kind of groups of people and then Magedian's off doing whatever the fuck Magedian wants to do. And every time they bring her up, they're like, who knows what the hell she's doing? I also think it's interesting, too, to think about in the prologue, uh, there are a couple people whose heads we get in who think of Asmodian, who speak about Asmodian in the present tense, which I think uh, eliminates some of his suspects in his death. Oh, yeah, some of it's news for these people. Yeah, they're like, Asmodian is, and I'm like, we can, like well, process I love um, when Damager is talking to the Dark One, I think of it as an old person on Facebook revealing news of, like, Jor Adam Nesselian is dead. LOL, lots of love. Mandra, <laughs> did you know that Ravine is dead? It's like, yeah, I did. Thank you. <laughs> Very much an old person telling you about their relative. But what is Damon? Hold on, let me see. Damon Dread thinks I have to click through the thing because this thinks, app sucks. He thinks Ravine and Asmodian are dead. They don't know where Mogedian was because I think Grendel says through the Dark One, Mogedian and I were supposed to meet. Mogedian didn't show up. Yeah. I don't know how Robert Jordan keeps this many plates spinning with this many perspectives because. A lot of idea. Yeah. There is. Another point pricked him. The Great Lord already knew how Robin had died and seemed to know more of Asmodian than he. Because okay. the Dark One says, The Chosen dwindle, Damon Dread, the weak fall away. Who betrays me shall die the final death. Asmodian twisted by weakness. Robin dead in his pride. He served well, yet even I cannot save him from Balefire. Yeah. Even I cannot save like, him from Balefire. Implying, well, now I know, but implying that I'm you can sorry. save him. <laughs> I will never let it go because I am a right. <laughs> okay. Well, this the series does like touch on a lot. I think like thematically about reincarnation and resurrection and life and death, and it is curious in a way that Robert Jordan had to invent a mechanic that erased all of that. That hey, yeah. if, if you got bail fired, you're you're done. You're done. You're done. Well. Or. Well, let me, let me, hold on. You're erased from the patterns. This is, this is, this is not a spoiler. This is not a, this is not a thing that matters. Um, this is just a thing Robert Jordan has said. You're not spoiling things for the first time readers. I'm not, I'm, (laughs) um, Balefire is not 
Balefire is not the eternal death of the soul. But, 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 okay. it does mean that you're, 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 you're done until you come back. Until, until time says it's chill. So do you think, uh, King, Clem, Bilal, Asmodee, and Robbie, do you think they'll maybe come back in the series? Oh, I don't care about them. He gives me hope for Moraine, though. Yeah, I, I don't think Moraine's dead dead. Can I tell you my Maureen theory? Fuck yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. Okay. So I don't think she's dead dead. I don't think she or Lanfear are dead dead. I think they're like hanging out with the Finns. I think they got taken prisoner by the Finns. Because the Finns exist in a different world than ours, and we've seen the um, result of sighting being channeled, I think there's something so rare as sighting being channeled in the world of the Finn can cause earthquakes and whatever the site uh, the Finn we're going through. I can imagine what a woman who is Aes Sedai of the Second Age, very powerful. Versus a woman channeling the terrain out of the third age. I don't know if that is enough to keep the Finn stable. You know what I mean? But that that wasn't... Rand wasn't channeling. The issue is that there were Tavirin. two Tavirin and a very powerful Aes Sedai in there at the same time. And he, but here's my thing, too. The Finn had, like, three things you weren't supposed to bring into the world of the Finn, right? It's fire... It's copper, steel, steel. Thank you, and music, musical instruments. And they brought, and they were like throwing fire at each other for a hot second before, right before that yeasting through the door. And so my thing is, if they like came in with all this fire and shit, that they might be in big shit with the Finn, and some bad shit might happen to them because of it, but I don't think she's dead dead. I think she's so just trapped Maureen there. So and Lanfear are serving time with the Finn? Serving Maybe. time with the Finn. That's my theory. I've got, a, I've got a question. I think it's like a thumbs up, thumbs down. If okay. you hold like a thumb sideways and just instinctually. Do you guys all think Robert Jordan has ever in his life done psychedelics like acid? Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. This feels like an entity, like, telling him about these mechanics of the world that most of us cannot perceive. Robert Jordan <laughs> lived through the 1960s as a Vietnam vet. Homeboy yeah. Homeboy did, did some psychedelics, I think. Yeah. 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 Which is very much in uh, in approval of, by the way. My, my question is very much like, I, I hope so, because... But it's not judgmental in any way. No. I no. mean, we will judge Robert Jordan a little bit by his writing of women, but you know what? I, I'm like, it was the times. We were really in the men are from Mars, women are from Venus times, so I'll give it somewhat of a pass. I mean, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Ali especially, but I, I feel like especially in the Pyeo Karen bit, I don't know, he wrote her very capable and like, put her in a leadership role, like, and I don't, yeah. I don't know, like, there's definitely some issues there in the relationship, but, and maybe it's probably as a character more than, 
you know, others, but it feels like, I don't know, he gives, he gives some of them a fair shake. My, my issue with his writing of women isn't so much to do with, um, with his, with whether or not they're capable, because I think they certainly are. I think my issues with them is somewhat to do with how they interact with other women. Um, yeah, in that, in that, I think, um, women being catty toward other women is a kind of tired trope, um, a problematic trope, um, that concerns me. And it also has a little bit of a Madonna horror complex when it comes to, like, women who overtly display their sexuality are often the bad women, and the women who, um, engage in sexual activity is often because it's like, they fought it so hard and they can't do it anymore, or, uh, like, they accidentally, they basically accidentally fell into bed with a man, right? Cool. Okay, thank you. No, that's that's some good specificity on that. Yeah, it's not so much to do with, like, their capabilities. I think he was progressive in terms of, like, women having agency and women having, um, like, capabilities. It was more, and actual personalities, Um you know, because I'm like, women are allowed to have flaws. Absolutely. Um, they should. They're people, just like everybody else. But there are some troubling things where I'm like, why are all of the women always fighting with each other? Um, and I don't necessarily think it's conscious. Like, I don't think he's like, I hate women who have sex. Like, I don't think he's thinking that. Like, I just think that there's an implicit bias that he and most people in society are not aware of that we just assume women are catty and we assume women who have sex are a certain way and we assume women who don't are a certain way. Um, and I so think, I, I think that always gets me. The treatment of Bear Lane by almost everybody is a really good example of that. Yeah. Mm, Which again... To her. Yeah. While, while acknowledging she did not listen to Rand when Rand said no, but all of the people Probably. who are shitty to her don't know Don't her. know that. They don't know that about her. They just saw her with big boobs and went, I hate her. No, that's great. I think that's a, uh, a blind spot that I wasn't even aware of up to this point. So thank you for illuminating that. I no, I mean, I I think that it's subtle. I think it's subtle. So I I don't think it's a it's a blind spot anyone should be feel like bad about it or anything like that. It's just something I've noticed and kind of gone, huh. As I am not even halfway through the series, I wonder if that is a trend that continues or if that is a trend that we get subverted. <laughs> Thank well, you for that little giggle. You know, that's, that's an interesting point because I, I am aware kind of outside of the series that uh, Brandon Sanderson takes over because Robert yes. Jordan passes. Yeah. And so that writing style even and kind of that perspective, yeah. I, I wonder what that changes to the series. Yeah, because we are dealing with a man who grew up in the 50s and 60s versus a man who grew up in... How, how the fuck old is Brandon Sanderson? Uh, <laughs> the, the seven, like, 70s and 80s. 70s and 80s, so a little bit... Five books in the pandemic. In the that pandemic. fucking announcement, God damn it, fucker, God damn it. As a writer, yeah. I'm depressed. This man <laughs> was up on Twitter with, like, a I have a serious thing to tell you. I wrote five books by accident. Oh my god. It is a thing of going into the Gathering Storm to a memory of light versus yeah. Lord of Chaos versus Knife of Dreams. Now granted... You're going to be experiencing two differences of experiencing the world. Now granted, granted, Brandon Sanderson did grow up as a Mormon. Yes. 
So that is a slightly more conservative environment, I think, typically, than, like, the average cultural zeitgeist. Um, however, I think that he also would be the first to, like, admit that he has grown a lot as a yeah. writer in terms of his representation um, and his willingness to, you know, and include certain types of representation, too. And so I... And that's something that I very much celebrate about his growth as a person. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean, I, I like his... Well, I haven't read a ton of Brandon Sanderson because Gus is making me wait until we can cover it on the pod eventually, but well, I like him. Book, we, Eric and I are doing a Between the Shelves sort of series. Mm. We just finished uh, Stormfront by Jim Butcher. Mm. And then our next book is The Way of Kings. I'm about a quarter through my copy. I've, I've had to catch up on it. And I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's aged. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember. It's aged. I think Jim Butcher would agree with you. Um, yeah, that's the hard thing, right? Is like art can be very ephemeral or, t- or like to the time, right? We've watched a lot of comedies lately. Comedy, I think, has some of the smallest shelf life a lot of the time. My thought about comedy is the best comedies age the fastest because they capture the voice of the time and the voice of the time changes. Yeah, I think that can be true. I think also they can very much reveal the cultural blind spots that we had once upon a time. I and that men in dresses so much in the 90s. Why was that such a trap? Art. Art has to take that risk to exist in its exactly. static. And I don't know what fantasy yeah. was like in the yeah. 1990s. So real time was probably very aggressive oh. of its time. Yeah, I well, I think it depends. I think that for male writers, yeah. for a lot of male writers, it was a progressive... When, when was uh, Nick Wynn writing? I think... I think there were fantasy writers who were women who were writing slightly more progressively. Yeah, like my, my, my thing, understand. My thing on on Wheel of Time is for Robert Jordan's demographic and background and everything else, and the audience he was trying to reach. He did a fucking bang up job. Bang up job. All things considered, great work. I have, great work. There are things could have been yeah. Could it have been better? Yeah, of course it could have. Yeah, yeah, it was a great job. Back. Yeah. Yeah, but he did a great job. But there were definitely some folks in that genre that were pushing the envelope. But I think for what Robert Jordan was trying to do, he was. Uh, I don't want to take away from him that he. Yeah, clearly, was doing clearly we love Wheel of Time. We're doing a great yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah, but there are definitely things now where I'm like, you could have let Moraine and Swan be gay now. Yeah, you could have let. You could have let Brandon Matt fucked at least once. <laughs> once! Once! But with that, I think we've hit a perfect natural end. Oh, yes. Like very many of our episode endings of talking about who's top and who's bottom. Yes. Um, do we have any ending thoughts for this prologue? What do you think about the series? Um, I want Pedro Nile to get the fuck away from my woman, Morgays. Yes. Um, Fucking uh, Morghese is at a point where she's so very vulnerable at the power of men. We didn't And Petra Nile is going, hey, I can help you. Uh, 
let white cloaks interfere with Andor. And it's like, no, girl. As a woman, as a, the red flags are flying on this relationship. It is a bad power dynamic. Bad. Yes. We're just all dancing with little red flags going, this is bad. Red flags and hands just... Yeah. I think the chapter title for this episode is Red Flags, Golden Deer. <laughs> exactly. And it, meanwhile, it's killing me because I'm like, Borges, just go home. Rand will hand you the throne. Yeah. He will give it to you. Rand is such a simp that he'll be like, okay. <laughs> is a simp. Hey, you like my kind of not ants, but something. Yeah, you're cool. Yeah. Uh, Your daughter's cute. This family, we have to get them on Springer because, like, holy, or, like, holy shit, we've got one that's a white cloak, we've got one that's a magic girl, we've got more gays, we've got Gawain who's fighting against Elaine at this point, but thinking that he's defending her, and then we've got Rand who Gawain wants to kill, Gawain probably also wants to kill, and Elaine really wants to bone. And I. <laughs> This whole family is completely bugged up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think this is a good place to end the episode. Perfect. And you know what? We want to thank Gus, Gus and Allie for coming out. Thank you all for coming out. Thank Join you for having our us. Podcast. Well, thank you for having us. This is it's a blast. Pleasure. This uh, is an absolute this episode. Where where can they find you on your social media handles, your podcast? Oh handles? yeah. Hell uh, yeah. Wheel Takes Pod or Wheel Takes Podcast. Yeah. Everywhere. We have, have a TikTok. A Twitter. Because that's who we are. Instagram. Facebook, but we don't really use they it that much. Really use that that much. Yeah. Mostly um, mostly Twitter, yeah. where the Green World Cup is mostly happening. Mostly right Twitter now. where the Green World Cup is happening. We are voting on all March, the hottest uh with the greatest essence of hotness. Yes, in the books, because we don't want y'all creeping on actors on Twitter. Um, That's my nightmare. And then we are discussing the results with some fun podcasting friends on YouTube. Oh, yeah, if I may say so for myself, the uh, Twitter content in your podcast is very lovely. I've, I've been very careful to follow it behind my own reading just to make sure I don't uh, <laughs> stumble on anything but uh, we try to be chill I, I do my darndest to tag stuff we're also going to start posting some reaction videos that we have um, to me discovering things on the TikTok oh, Ali's, um, Ali's reaction videos are so fun to find <laughs> that's true I get really mad <laughs> I think of the great hunt when Leandra betrays a Gwen and I, yes. and it's her going, I fucking knew it! <laughs> <laughs> it so um, my personal favorite is the Tom and Elaine. And I made a noise when, when Elaine starts hitting on Tom. I made a noise that I've never made before or since, like, of outrage and upset. Sort of like a, a, a pterodactyl with stomach problems. Yeah, it was... Eric, um, Eric texted me when we were reading those chapters. He texted me like a, ew! And yeah, like, like, like ew. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we never talk about it I again. we should find an in. No, don't say that ever again oh, in my house. Yeah. Don't ever say that again in my house. Uh, Thank you. We do this uh, sign off to each other, but I guess we should do it to our guests. Yeah. Uh, All right. And Allie, may you always walk in the light. And may oh. you always find water and shade. Thank you for joining us in our episode of the book club, and we hope to find you among the library aisles. Have a good night, y'all. <laughs>